0: Good morning, and peace be with you. The announcements are in the bulletin. I would uh, encourage you to take a look at that. We have uh, our missions month. This month is uh, going to our sister church, Victory Outreach for their uh, toy drive. And so if you have a heart for that, uh, please uh, consider donating to that worthy cause. Also, we have, um, I want to highlight the uh, open house that uh, Debbie and Roger are hosting. And um, I don't know why I'm not seeing it in here. It is, oh, there it is, right, there, right in the middle. So um, that's December the 22nd at 3 p.m., and it would, it'll be after our Lenten uh, lunch and study and so forth. But if you don't go to that, um, uh, then, you know, by all means, head on over to Roger and Debbie's for a time of fellowship and celebration. Also, I would like to announce that out in the narthex are directions and the particulars to uh, memorial service for a uh, beloved friend, Don Burkhart and all of the information is uh, out there on the table uh, for his service that will be held over at uh, Grace Lutheran Church, so please uh, pick that up. Uh, Also, we have, last week I mentioned, and it's still available, uh, the Christmas tree uh, from a a friend and member, and what I would like is somebody that has available during the week, the work week, that has a pickup that would come with me at a time that was. Uh Convenient for Alice, if you're listening, will you give uh, uh, Ashley an email or a call and let her know what time during the week we could come and pick up that Christmas tree? And so, if somebody with a pickup truck—I'm talking to the camera there—and to Alice, uh, Alice and Dell uh, have a, a Christmas tree that they'd like to give. It's about a six to a seven footer, and it's uh, the uh, pre-lit ones and, and so forth. So, um, please see me after after the service. And I think that is all the news there is to tell. Ashley, did I do okay? Susan, is there anything else? Huh? Point poinsettias. What about them? Sign up for the poinsettias. <laughs> yeah, anything else? All right. Well, then, forever hold your peace. Let it. Oh, Susan. Oh, okay. We have two turkeys. They're the tom, the, they're just the breast, not the whole turkey, right? Oh, it's a whole turkey. Okay. We have two whole turkeys in the, um, in the uh, freezer, in the, in the kitchen. If you know anybody that needs a turkey, then let's, uh, let's get those into the hands that need them, okay? Anything else I hazard to ask? Anything else? Eldred, do you have anything for us? Okay. Help, Tim.
1: Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel And the ransom captive Israel That mourns in lonely exile here Until the Son of God
2: Spring. Just
0: have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord. have mercy.
0: For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord.
3: Lord have mercy.
0: Help, save Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain Has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers. And to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
4: Good morning. morning. A trick before I begin. You don't have to be a theologian to read scripture. If you look in your pew Bible at the first page of any of the 66 books, you'll find a synopsis of what the book is about. So the first reading this morning is taken from the book of Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah chapter 3 verses 14 through 20 and this can be found in your pew bible on page 1466 in this reading judah and the city of jerusalem had been prophesied to be destroyed because of the jews disobedience but god promises to restore jerusalem to peace and prosperity following his discipline Zephaniah chapter 3 beginning with the 14th verse sing daughter zion shout aloud israel be glad and rejoice with all your heart daughter jerusalem the lord has taken away your punishment he has turned back your enemy the lord the king of israel is with you never again will you fear any harm on that day they will say to jerusalem do not fear zion do not let your hands hang limp the lord your god is with you the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. The second reading this morning is Psalm 85. It's printed in your bulletin. This is a cycle of the Israelites moving away from God, being disciplined, and then being restored again. And it's witnessed in this psalm and gives hope for their future. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. listen to this. Uh, the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven the Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians. This was written about 60 AD. Paul was in prison in Rome. The people in Philippi, Greece, were concerned about Paul's health and well-being. But he loves them so much he wrote a letter of encouragement to them from prison. Chapter 4, of Philippians, verses 4 through 7 can be found in your pew Bible on page 1830. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Alleluia. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. The Gospel today is indeed from St. Luke, and it is found on page 1603 of your Pew Bible, Luke seven eighteen through 35. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask... Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to ask Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, Who will prepare your way before you? I tell you, among those born of woman, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves, because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children, sitting in a marketplace and calling out to each other, We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He was a demon." The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all of her children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. i got to take a step down here because I left... Some important notes down here. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Before we pray or study, we ask God to intervene in such a way that we would be given new eyes, eyes to see, ears to hear. Scripture. And the scripture that we read today, the gospel, you've heard before. You may think, I don't know what that means, or you may think, nah. Same old, same old. I get it. And that prayer is intercessory in such that you may see it in a completely different way. And one of the ways to do it is to pray and then to have a heart of, okay, let's see. What do you got for me, Dad? I want to see something new. I prayed for you guys this week that maybe something new would pop out. So here we go. Today's gospel does contain a very important question, and that question was said several times, and it'll be said or asked several more times. That question, of course, is, are you the one who is coming, or shall we look for another? And the answer that we would give to this question on the day of our death would reveal our eternal destiny. It is a variation of the question, is Jesus my Savior? John the Baptist sent his disciples to ask this question of Jesus. And in a way, it does seem very odd to me and perhaps to you that John should ask this question at all. After all, he is the one who leaped in the womb when his mother heard the greeting of the Lord's mother, Mary. He is the one who, in John 1:29, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It was John's mission as prophet to identify Jesus to the world. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. And surely, he of all people knew who Jesus was. And surely, he knew that Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy. And even so, John... Is sending his disciples to ask the question, Are you the one? Or shall we look forward for another? And perhaps the very fact that John could not ask this question in person could give us some understanding of the reason for the question. After all, he was in jail, he had followed his vocation as a prophet. He had spoken truth to power. And the power didn't like to hear the truth. Herod, the son of Herod the Great, had John arrested. John wasn't going to go anywhere. John had dotted all of the I's and crossed all of the T's. And yet he still found himself in prison. Now John had no delusions that he wasn't a sinner who deserved punishment. How do we know this? Well, he's the one who said in Luke 3.16, He who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And John's problem isn't that he was in jail. The problem was that he was in jail for doing the right thing. He was and is the prophet of God. The prophet of God was in jail for proclaiming God's truth. Jesus referred to himself as the fulfillment of prophecy in Luke 4, verse 18 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So who is more captive than John the Baptist as he sits in prison because of his ministry as the forerunner of Jesus? And John's question is still valid for us today. We are not in prison for our faith in Jesus, but doubts do come our way. We all have those times when we consider Jesus and we wonder, are you the one or shall we look for another? The world seemingly gets more dangerous every day. Those who have worked hard for a lifetime now wonder if those hard-earned retirement benefits will cover the time that is left. Some of us have aches and pains in places that we didn't even know we had. And loved ones sometimes live clear across the country And we don't see them as often as we wish. And loved ones die and are missing from our lives. And all of these things and more bring doubt into our lives. And when Jesus answers John's doubts, we really should pay attention too. His words are not just for John. They are for us as well. Jesus responded to John's question with more than simple words. In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight And Jesus showed John's disciples how he was the fulfillment of the promises that God had made, that God had made through his prophets. And then Jesus sent his answer back to John when he said, go and tell John what you have seen and heard, that the blind receive their sight, that the lame walk, that the lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus certified that he is the promised Messiah by pointing to the prophetic signs of his healing and the prophetic signs of his teaching. John is not the only one who receives this answer. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record this account so that we would also have Jesus' answer, that we can also know that Jesus is the promised Messiah by virtue of his miraculous signs. In fact, we have even more signs than John had. The Bible tells us that Herod would order his beheading soon, and John would not live to see the greatest signs that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. We, on the other hand, live after Jesus accomplished his mission to earn our salvation. We have the history of our Savior's saving work in ink and on paper. We know that Jesus lived a perfect life. We know that through baptism he gives that perfect life to us and he takes away all of our sins, all of our doubts, and he puts them upon himself. We know that the corrupt leadership in Jerusalem used a political scheme to force Pontius Pilate to execute Jesus on a cross. We know that through that cross, Jesus received the punishment that we earned with our doubts and our other sins. And we know that through his death, Jesus conquered all of our sins. And we know that through his resurrection, Jesus leads us to eternal life, in him. And we experience Christ's baptism of spirit and fire. We know the intimacy of Jesus' presence within us as we eat his body and drink his blood at the sacrament of the altar. John experienced none of these things during his life on this earth. John proclaimed the New Testament, but Never got to experience it in this life. This is the key. This is the key to understanding the very strange statement that Jesus made about John. He said this, I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. How? Can the least be greater than the greatest? The least in the kingdom of God is greater than John because the most insignificant member of the kingdom participates in signs that John never experienced before he died. So it is that while none of us will be the prophet that John was, we are all greater than John. We experience signs that John never lived to see. We experience them now, and so have the greater blessing from God. We have even greater reason to believe that Jesus is our Savior from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Today's reading tells us that many people believe that his teaching was from God. And these people see God's salvation breaking into the world in Jesus. Now Luke specifically mentions the tax collectors, and they were considered to be the scum of society. And even the tax collectors eagerly listened to Jesus, and they believed his words. They had submitted to John's baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and they were ready for the coming of Jesus. Now sadly, there were others who were not ready for Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to tell us that the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves. These people represent the opposition and are hostile to both John and Jesus. They deny their need for repentance or forgiveness. I'm not sorry for anything, and I don't need forgiveness. Jesus had some very harsh words for them. He told a story of children who refused to dance to the flute or mourn to the dirge. And then he told how both he and John had the same message, but two very different styles. John, as you recall, was strict and austere, and and he kept to himself, and he looked kind of weird. And Jesus participated in the life of the community, and he enjoyed the good gifts of God's creation. And we know in each case, the opponents found something to criticize. Do you remember? In John, they were not willing to listen, no matter how God delivered the truth to them. There will always be people who rationalize the rejection of the truth with these words. It's not what he says. It's how he says it. Such people follow the example of the opposition in today's gospel. In reality, In reality, it doesn't make any difference how anyone shares the word of God with them. They will reject it. Now, on the other hand, the people who listened to Jesus also listened to John. They did not care how eccentric the teacher was because their focus was on the grace that God was pouring out on them through the message. And during this Advent season of penitential preparation, we consider our doubts and our other sins. We consider these sins, their consequences and punishment, their consequences and their punishment should terrify us. And how wonderful it is then to learn that in Jesus Christ we have all of the signs of God's promise. We have the signs of His miracles and His teaching, but especially we have the sign of His crucifixion and resurrection that earn forgiveness for our sins and gives us the promise of life everlasting in His gracious presence. Today is Gaudete Sunday There's people pronounce it different ways, but Gaudete, and it is the Sunday of rejoicing. It is the Sunday of the rose-colored candle, and on this Sunday, we rejoice that the Son of God came into this world to offer Himself up as our substitute and to take upon Himself our sins. And we rejoice that by his resurrection he has opened heaven for us. And that we rejoice that although our sin is great, our Savior is even greater. And we rejoice in the way that he came to conquer sin. We rejoice in the way that he now comes to offer forgiveness to all people And we rejoice in the way that he will come to give eternal life to all who believe in him. And we rejoice that a day is coming when Jesus will remove all doubt. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of Christ Jesus and for... All people in accordance to their needs. Heavenly Father, you rescue the daughter of Zion from her enemies and take away the judgments against her. Look with compassion upon your people wherever they suffer for the name of Jesus. Give them wisdom when they are pressured to compromise. Provide when they suffer loss. And give courage when they are afraid, and strengthen them in the midst of persecution until you deliver them. Preserve them always in the joyful hope that you will restore all that is lost with what cannot be taken away. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, as you once sent messengers before the face of Jesus to prepare his way, So strengthen and encourage all pastors and church workers as they make known his saving name. Open the ears of all who hear to rejoice, to repent, and to firmly believe. Lord, in your mercy, O giver of all good gifts, look upon the households of your people. Provide companionship for those who are alone. Strengthen the bonds of marriage and equip parents to raise their children in love and faith. Grant that our homes may be places of joy, reasonableness, peace, and prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, you set the prisoners free. Remember those who are incarcerated justly and grant that they might repent and be freed from the clutches of sin and accept the consequences of their wrongdoing and learn to live honestly and peacefully. Remember all those who are in prison unjustly. Restore their freedom according to your will and preserve them in your grace and the confidence that you know what is true and just. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son became flesh and healed the sick of all kinds of diseases and afflictions, demonstrating his power and giving us a foretaste of the resurrection on the last day. Have mercy upon all those in need of deliverance especially those that we have named in our hearts and out loud right now. Heal them in your time and according to your will and preserve them in the confidence that you will deliver your people from all afflictions at the resurrection of all flesh. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, the Son of Man came eating and drinking with sinners that he might proclaim the kingdom and welcome them in by the forgiveness of sins. And as he hosts his supper this day for his repentant people, grant those who partake of this body and blood to be worthy and well-prepared, firmly believing the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together. and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. How do you answer the question, is he the one or should we wait for another? Because your answer really reveals where your eternity will be. I know your answer. I've heard you admit it, confess it. It's a good question, though. And it's okay to question. But we always come back to the cross where he said it's finished. And in the meantime, we come to the soothing comfort, the healing, the grace-filled sacrament of the altar that imparts his righteousness upon you, that rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. I know that's your confession. If it is your confession, then come. The table is prepared.
3: always. So- for you
0: greater yet the least will be greater than he that's God's economy we just accept it and know that we are his children not by what we did but by what he did through his son for us we have been adopted we are family our father in heaven loves us so and promises that we will be with him forever in paradise. That's a promise to all who believe. And yet, there are still others that won't believe. And we pray that one day they would have eyes to see and ears to hear, the prompting of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. Now the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you, Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: in fact